You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What's up, Seminole Headlines podcasters? Thanks so much for listening to the program. As always, the podcast brought to you in part by our friends at the Morgan Law Group. Today, no different. Appreciate them enabling us to do this for you. What else they'll do for you is uh, work hard throughout the state to ensure uh, that the insurance companies are doing the right thing and they're not acting in bad faith. Uh, they will they'll get after the insurer if they are. They'll inspect and assess the loss on your behalf. By the way, they are throughout the state. Just because an insurance company tells you no or there's a certain amount that they're willing to give out doesn't mean that's the end of the story. Find out more. Go to policyadvocate.com. That'd be policyadvocate.com. Or call 888-904-2524. Onward we go with Seminole Headlines. It's time for Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, featuring ESPN Tallahassee's Jeff Cameron, Warchant.com's managing editor, Ira Chauffel, and senior writer, Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, Pistols and Pies, starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. The Seminole Headlines, Seminole ESPN Radio begins right now. All right. This one's a special one. Uh, by the way, brought to you by our friends at Register Sausage. Because Ira is hanging out right there at the site of the uh, Women's College World Series. He's going to witness them take home the title tonight, fly back, a whirlwind trip, but a championship trip. That'll be a good thing. Irish Fell, Corey Clark, they're both here. I'm Jeff. Thanks for listening. Yay, sausage! You know, I really, I, I was kicking myself, man, as I was walking in the concourse of the beautiful Hall of, Sta- Hall of Fame Stadium here in Oklahoma City yesterday. Because it's it's expanded. It's over 12,000 people now. They're all, almost all Oklahoma fans. And, man, they look like they would eat a lot of registered sausage. Like, I feel like if I had brought some product, mm. if I could have told Ben ahead of time to load mm. me up with some product, I think we could have made it. These Sooner fans, they look like they're no strangers to sausage. Uh, no stranger to uh, large quantities of meat in general. I think right. it's true. They would have really been very excited about the sausage. Ira, you're right. We missed opportunities there. As they should be, because it's great sausage. I mean, anybody right. can they, eat yeah. Jimmy Dean or whatever. This is a whole different <laughs> ball game. This is a whole different ball game, and you would introduce them. You would introduce their palates to something they've never really tasted before. And do we, Ira? And do we? They don't know what and do we is. They can't spe- They can't pronounce that. Do you think? Oh, well, now now we're go- we're going from calling yes. fat to stupid as well. Yeah. Hey, yes. nobody listens out there in that state. <laughs> hey, man, let's not be disparaging uh, Oklahoma's. Uh, uh, all right, all right. Base, maybe, all right? Yeah. maybe head too close to home for you, but uh, but if you want <laughs> if you want some tasty registered sausage, maybe you're an Oklahoma fan just listening to Seminole headlines. 
to get a scouting report on tonight's game, uh, go to registermeets.com. They'll sell you some, and you will have it delivered fresh to your doorstep. So, okay, man, you're there. Give us a taste of the atmosphere. I mean, obviously, Tallahassee's on fire for the softball team, and it's been amazing to watch. They're imminently easy to root for. Uh, they play hard. They play smart. They play aggressive. They're fun. They love the game. They love each other. It shows. They play with a smile on their face while they're beating your ass. They can do it any way you want to play it. But what's the atmosphere like? Is it electric? Is it, are you, like, caught up in it? It's it's crazy, man. I tried to write about it in my column that I posted this morning at, at Warchant.com. Uh, but it, it's I've never really seen anything like it. It would be like going to the College World Series in Omaha and having like the University of Omaha being the number one team in the country. <laughs> because yeah. I mean, or, or I guess when Nebraska has Nebraska ever been good at baseball? Yeah, they were there the year they were there the year I flew out there to cover it. Uh, one of the last times. Um, that's the one uh, when they had what's his face, the closer that ended up being a closer for the Yankees, Corey. Who was that guy? Um, jo- Jabba Nebraska- Chamberlain. Jabba Chamberlain. That's exactly yeah. right. Good job. But, yeah. But the but the diff but the difference with that is a lot of a lot of college baseball fans buy tickets to the College World Series way ahead of time, make their plans to go way ahead of time, not even know if their team's going to make it. There's college baseball fans that are going out there. This is a little bit different, man. This is all Oklahoma fans. I mean, there's a pocket of Florida State fans. I don't know, man, maybe a couple hundred, few hundred that, that have been there all week. They're warriors, some boosters and some young fans that are they're behind the dugout. But the rest of the stadium is pretty much all Oklahoma. And it's and it's not just like they're there. I mean, they're active participants. It's like a pep rally. They're, they're damn cheers with the players between pitches. I mean, it, it's got to be. I don't know what Oklahoma's home stadium is. I imagine it doesn't see 12,000. So this is, I think, worse than if they had to play it at Oklahoma. Um, it's it's impressive, man. So I say all that to just say it's really impressive what this team did last night. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen tonight. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, if they have to play tomorrow. But to beat that team in front of that crowd uh, and, and what Oklahoma's done all year, is just it's really remarkable. Couldn't you say, uh, not knowing the history of softball at all, it has to be the most hostile environment a- a team is out in hostile meaning loudest really i don't know that they're it's softball i don't think they're screaming profanities at the at the ladies out there but i i can't imagine another softball team ever playing in a in a more difficult atmosphere i, I ever asked, ever I, yeah I and i'm talking about olympics yeah. i'm talking about yeah. the history of softball because they added that second deck to that stadium yeah. it is now twelve thousand people you have eleven thousand five hundred. it's like being at a at uh i don't know cameron Indoor stadium, like it, it's you. You are playing in an environment unlike any other team has ever had to play in. I told that's why I asked uh, Lonnie after the game. I said, you know, I know you've been in some tough environments and whatever. And she's like, I don't know if anybody's ever experienced anything like this, um, unless you're playing that team in this stadium because you just don't see it. Like we made a big deal before the Super Regionals when they were going to LSU. Oh, they got to go to LSU. They got some. There's like 2,200 fans there. Yeah, this is 12,000. I mean, it's just. It's uh, it's really crazy. Guys, I got to mark the time here because it's very impressive that maybe in the first t- for the first time in show history, Corey Clark went straight to the usual hyperbole that he goes to mm. and it was accurate. It, might, it, wasn't, yeah. it wasn't hyperbole at all. He <laughs> claims this is the most hostile atmosphere anybody has ever experienced in the history of human beings. Like it's never yeah. the Roman Colosseum, nobody, nobody has dealt with this. And <laughs> 
He may be right. He yeah. may be right. There, it's happened. There you go, Corey. Well done, I did buddy. it, guys. I did it. And what I like is is the Oklahoma outfielders are all like Dion. All they do between pitches is tell the crowd to get up like he's right. about to return That's a punt. It. I mean, they're playing into it. The, the, the team yeah. comes out in the dugout and does dances in between while the Florida State's meeting on the field. I mean, I hope. I, you know, I, I'm sure there's going to be some pressure on them tonight, and certainly if they play tomorrow night, they're going to feel a lot of pressure. But I hope they enjoy what's going on because nobody's, no, no softball teams have ever been a part of something like that. I really, I don't think so because it is like it's a road game, and it's well, a festive crowd, and you know, it's just it's a cool thing to watch. The um, yeah, I don't know that they're soaking it in. I mean, it's it's got to be tough. But that you know, the moment I think it was eight to four, seven to four, maybe. Uh, when one of their rally, maybe in the fifth or sixth inning, whatever it was, and one of their players got to second base, and they're still down. It might have been seven to two at that point. It might have been before yeah. they got the two run, two run hit. And um, the girl at second base is clapping her hands and stomping and cheering the crowd, like she's staring down FSU's pitcher Danielle Watson, like they're up seven to two. And I'm thinking to myself, and the crowd's going crazy. It's like pro wrestling, and I'm thinking. Man, imagine if you were down seven to two. What this must be like. So don't get down seven to two. Yeah. Well, yeah, hey. I was thinking to myself. By the way, I'm glad you bring this up because, you know, I know Florida State fans have been very, very frustrated with the commentators during the course of the College World Series, oh, and I get it. It's it's tough. It's a tough listen. I, I agree. Um, but I don't know why. I don't know if there's a producer in their ear or what it is. Like, whenever Florida State is stopping. The opponent's ass. They'll have you believe this thing's a nail biter. <laughs> They're trying to tell you that this the game hangs in the balance because Oklahoma just scored. I, that's why I tweeted out last night. Well, that's cute. Oklahoma scored. Good for them. Yeah. I mean, it's at that point they were getting their ass beat. It stop in, this. In, stop in telling everybody it's close. That's the downside to them getting these big leads, like in the Alabama game. Alabama had momentum the, the last five innings, according to Beth Moen's. Oh yeah, they were, they were this close, they, this close. It's like because they they did they they were still breathing. Florida State hadn't stomped them out. Yeah, so, they so, weren't dead. So they had momentum. It's like they're down eight nothing. <laughs> it's been fun. It's been fun. But it's, they, uh, they did. I, I, Ira, could you ask? It, it really, and I've been people have tweeted this to me. I've had I've had three different buddies because I was watching the game, the first the Alabama game. I was watching at an establishment up here in Atlanta, playing a little trivia um, until like the fourth or fifth inning until I got home. But it's it is remarkable how different Lonnie's team looks than all these other teams, and I mean like they're all they're all just slender and athletic. And I wonder if that's what she, she – that must be what she recruits, right? Because Oklahoma, I'm telling you, those top two hitters could hit four and five in Meats lineup. They're incredible. <laughs> well, hey, they a, lot of people, a lot of people can hit in Meats lineup this year, buddy. <laughs> yeah. If you could make contact at all, you could hit in this lineup. No, My no, God. clearly you couldn't. Well, you were in the lineup. No, I'm saying, I'm saying there's a sp spot for you. There's a spot yeah. for you if you can make contact with a baseball that's pitched. But, I mean, those – really the first three – of Oklahoma's lineup are just incredible, and they're they're big, they're big, not 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 wide, just they're thick and they crush the ball. And we lost Ira. Keep talking, buddy. It's so right. I was I was I was just wondering if Lonnie makes a point of recruiting like that because when you think about Florida State softball, you don't really think about some of the just 
I don't know, like the catcher from Alabama, just the behemoths we'll see out there occasionally. She seems to recruit athletes. That's what she wants over anything else. It is, uh, and, it, it, and it, they play to that. I mean, obviously they've had home run hitters in the past, and some of the, the players on this team, it, I mean, the, the, uh, the, the ball that um, the Harding girl hit yesterday was crushed. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they definitely can hit with power as well. But no, you're right. I mean, and what was cool, I thought, watching them d- defensively yesterday, the two or three of the plays they made were just, I mean, that, and that's the thing we talked about, you know, we talked about last week and a couple weeks before, and we tweeted about it and talked about it, how, how, how enjoyable it is to watch this sport. Those are big time plays. Those are, you know, what happened to Corey? Can you hear Corey's on mute? Corey's on mute because he muted himself and he didn't unmute himself. Oh, sorry. But what I was going to say is I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't be, you are shaking like you're on a roller coaster. Oh, my bad. I mean, this, I can't look is, at you. I can't look radio. at you. It's this like Blair Witch. I'll it's put like it down. Guys. There let's we go. Get it to get, let's get it together. There, I run, there. We're off to a shaky start. Yeah, I know literally. you're on remote, but we've got to get it together. Um, yeah, they played to that athleticism you were talking about, and you talk about them defensively. Yeah, this is a fun team to watch, not only because they enjoy playing the game, as we were talking about, but because they are athletic and they are aggressive and they take the extra base and they make the kinds of plays that we've been wanting to see in men's baseball that we just don't see, right? I mean, so, they, so, you know, so to recap what just happened, I just want to recap what just happened there, though. So I'm shaking my phone because I'm holding it and I'm trying to do the Skype on a phone. Corey mutes himself. And then is telling me how he can't watch me shaking myself. So I have to stop talking because I'm like, what is Corey doing? Why can't I hear him? <laughs> but, but somehow that was my fault. Well, the shaking was clearly his fault, Jeff. I mean, you be the arbitrator here. I mean, what, you I, saw I it. Was, I was a little perturbed, but I thought we can get to a break and we'll bring it up. We don't bring it up in segment is what I was thinking. We well, just stay professional and do the show. But, Corey, well, I understand. While well, no. we're muted and nobody can hear us. <laughs> yeah. Well, whatever, Ira. Whatever. Quit bringing up old stuff. The uh, yeah, I, look, man. The, the 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 play, and I guess you know they're they're uh, talk, listening to uh, Oklahoma's coach last night, who who actually seems like in in, in the realm of softball coaches, I, I could art in my limited experience watching Florida State softball, I could already come up with a list of five or six coaches I really do not like in that oh, yeah. sport. Uh, I, I mean, I. There might be a tie for first with several of them. The Oklahoma State, the Oklahoma coach seems fine, um, but she was she was kind of complaining about the obstruction call, which seemed pretty cut and dry. Yeah, I mean, it the, seemed the, very cut and dry. Blocking the plate. Yeah, I mean, before you get the ball, you can't just block the plate. And the umpire called it right away. It wasn't even like he wasn't even making like a dry out of call. He's just like, oh no, she's safe. You can't do that. Yeah. Um, but there, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how those two teams come out because they did not have. Um, I'm not going to say they didn't respect Florida State, but I think they were surprised by what happened, and they're convinced it was totally because they did not play well. I don't think they feel like, oh, man, we got punched in the mouth. I think they feel like they're going to come back out and steamroll Florida State. And, uh, you know, I think other Alabama probably thought the same thing, and it didn't work out for them, so it's going to be fun to watch. I don't know how at this point anybody would kind of view Florida State as fluky. I mean, maybe the, the fact if you if – you, take a step back and you say they're in the finals and they're one game away from winning the national championship, you could say, I'm surprised by that. But if you're only assessing how they've played since arriving out there, 
why would you be shocked that Florida State is playing, you know, to that level uh, against you? You have to know that they're they're on a heater like none, none other. They're playing so far above and beyond anything they did during the regular season. I mean, they're convinced they're going to win the national championship. You can see it in their way that they walk. Yeah. And they're 10 and 1, 10 and 1 or 11 and 1 in their last 11 or 12 games. They've lost once in the postseason. Um, right. And they played really good teams, <laughs> like three or four national seeds, including the number one team in the country. So, yeah, they have a lot of confidence. Uh, yeah, but did you, did you, I'm just, did you watch Oklahoma's players' press conferences? I mean, they are, it wasn't like false bravado. Like, you know, they really believe that they're. I mean, you saw some and, of those. Like the, yeah. the, the, the leadoff hitter, there's a big moment when Florida State still had a big lead, and that leadoff hitter hit an absolute P-rod yeah. right to the left fielder. I mean, she, I mean, it almost took her glove off. It was incredible how hard. You see the way the ball comes off some of the – and it's like, man, okay, you can see why. You, they should have confidence. They're, they've yeah. lost four games. I mean, and they were – they really did the last four innings hit the ball really hard. Uh, the majority of the time, they hit them right at people. So I feel yeah. like they just thought they were unlucky. Maybe not that Florida State was lucky, just that they should have scored nine or ten runs. I mean, that, yeah, I, I, that, that, that lineup is – it's like it's, – Jeff, it reminded me of the Braves last year pitching against the Dodgers. Like you're like, <laughs> okay, yeah. we got the yeah. Betts and Turner. Oh, now all we got is Seager, Muncie, and Bellinger. Like it right. never stops. And yeah. that's how I kind of felt old. about that Oklahoma lineup. I thought in, in – Line with a true Corey Clarkism, you were going to say the 27 Yankees. <laughs> it's been no, I, don't, I don't even use those guys anymore. It's the, it's the 98 Yankees, buddy. It's the 98 Yankees now. Seminole Headlines, 97.90 ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. So we haven't gotten together, guys, uh, since the end of the uh, FSU men's baseball season. And... Um, you know, I don't think either, any one of us are – we're not surprised. They can't hit at all. And, you know, they have, like, one good player. So, uh, at least offensively. Um, so, it, it's kind of – it's you know, it's, it's not surprising. But it's no less frustrating, Corey. I mean, they're hard to watch. And they're the antithesis of this softball team. Like, even if the FSU softball team loses or were to have lost along the way, you would have come away from watching their run in the postseason and said, man, they get everything out of their talent. Yeah. They play so hard. They play smart. They have a zeal for the game that's infectious. You can't help but smile when you watch them because there's such joy in their hearts. And then if you watch Florida State baseball, you're waiting for the critical error that you know is coming because it's been coming for five years. They make errors like it's their job in the biggest moments of every meaningful game. That Nander error may be the worst error in the history of errors. I have never seen somebody make as dumb a decision or to react in that manner uh, in a situation of that magnitude. I mean, it's been years. I, don't, I, don't, I mean, I feel bad for the kid, but there's no way to describe that play other than dumbassery. It was unreal. And, you know, you couple that with the 500 strikeouts in three games, it's impossible. It's really hard to watch. Yeah, they were really hard to watch all year. Uh, you know, I was talking to Aslan about it because, you know, they had set up the recipe. They had won their first game on with Parker Messick, even though he had to pitch around a couple errors because, of course. Well, uh, it, 
and they scored all their runs on home runs, which is what they do, but they won the game. And even in that game, they scored two runs on home runs, or three runs on home runs. They were up. Um, the, the kid pitched well. The freshman pitched well. They were right where they wanted to be, and if he makes that play, they probably win that game. And it's like, for what? For what? Okay, even if they win that regional, imagine that offense in Omaha where you can't hit home runs and you're facing even better pitching. I was tired of watching the team. I could not watch that team play baseball anymore. They struck out 33 times in the last two games. 33 times. It's impossible to watch, man. And that was kind of the story all year. Corey and and Ira both, I want to get to the bottom of this because – how did we get here? What happened? How in the world? Listen, it, there is striking out. There's the plague of modern baseball, the three true outcomes. They're all, you know, spin rate. We can talk about this all day long. But then there's Florida State. Then there's Florida State. They strike out in a way, in the era of the strikeout, they strike out in a way that's obscene. It doesn't make any sense. How do guys, how does, why is your DH? In a postseason game, hitting 230 with no home runs on the year. Yeah. Dylan Simmons. Why, why, what the hell are we doing? I don't, I don't get it because there's no way. A lot of those, first of all, a lot of those kids did hit prior to this year and then they didn't. And I don't know what's going on with that. Secondarily, you know, I, I get it. When you lose, people are going to be critical of the coach. So people are angry with Meat right now, who I think really got screwed last year because that team could have played. But anyhow, the point would be. It, it's a it's a bad team, a pretty pretty average team. Sorry, I shouldn't say bad. It's a pretty average team, but they are insufferable to watch. It's impossible. And I know he doesn't teach that. I know he doesn't say, hey, listen, swing at the ones that bounce and take the ones that are groove belt high down the middle. He doesn't teach that. There's no way. Yeah, it's weird. I, there, I, there's uh, there's no I, there's no way any of us can come up with an explanation because me can't come up with an explanation. He coaches those guys. Um, it's just been a. I think in some guys it's lack of confidence. Um, it's just, but what's weird to me, and like I was, I was talking to Corey about this, I went back and looked at the numbers from Florida State baseball 10 years ago and 20 years ago, just to kind of get an idea of like the difference in how the game is played. And, you know, 10 years ago, they're averaging, you know, two or three less strikeouts a game, you know, 10 years before that, even less strikeouts a game, 10 years ago, they're averaging more runs per game, 10 years before that, they're averaging more runs than that. The more more hits per game. I mean, it's just so I don't even get the idea of this approach of just swinging for the fences because they're not scoring more runs. They're scoring less runs than they've ever scored before. Now maybe that's just because they're executing this approach poorly. But what's the then? What's why are you still doing it? Like that. I guess that's what's frustrating to me. And I, you know, I just think that this the way they looked at the end of the year was kind of what we saw early in the year. And so. You know, we talk about they've tried different guys. He's he's thrown out a bunch of different lineups. He's thrown out different guys in different positions. But has the approach changed at all? Has the – I don't know. I You know, like you look at the softball team, and it's not fair to compare it to softball to baseball, but, like, they did change their approach because they weren't putting up power numbers. I just – that's what's frustrating to me is is you could have seen this team play at the end of the season and thought it was the same team we saw at the beginning of the season. And mm. it just was never – it, there were a couple. There were some moments here or there, uh, but you never thought that they were going to do much of anything, and they didn't. No, and that's why I was kind of like I was saying about them. Even if they win that regional, there's no way you feel. Uh, they're, they're just their ceiling was that. 
you, you can't have an offense that bad and think you're going to go play for na- and win a national championship because they don't do the little things well. The Florida State softball team's offense, for them anyway, was almost equally as bad as what it normally is. They didn't hit any home runs. They slugged like 415. Oklahoma's batting average was higher than Florida State's slugging percentage this year. That's the dip. But Florida State found ways to win. They, they, um, what, they highlighted their strengths. I don't know what the strength of this offense was. He had, especially after the first five, six, seven, eight, nine was just dead weight, man. Nander and Jackson Green, you could they both had over 200 bats or close to it. Both hit under 200. You had yeah. two starters that hit under 200. Um, and then Jeff, Jeff was talking about Nander, Ira. In that play, that kid's played a lot of baseball. He's played in Omaha. It's you crazy. Can't, it, you have to know who's running the bases. He could have thrown a four hopper. He could have rolled it underhanded. He could have run it over there. He could have run it over there. So here's the the point. And and here's the thing. And I'm not saying that Brady, my son, should be starting at shortstop for Florida State. I'm not saying that. But he was in a game a couple weeks ago. A huge kid comes up for the other team. Literally must have weighed 250 pounds as a 12-year-old. Just an enormous, like, they're they're feeding him way too much. Maybe it's a gland problem. I don't know, but he was a huge kid. (laughs) So, problem. so remember when we heard that as a kid? If somebody was really Dude, sad, he might have a glandular. It was glandular. Yeah, 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 it was glandular. I used to feel, yeah, I remember a buddy of mine uh, was making fun of somebody, and I told him to stop because it was like he he did it all the time to this one kid in our group who was really heavy. And then finally, I told the heavy kid, "Just tell people it's a gland problem, and they'll yeah. leave you alone." Yeah, they'll like, be like, "Oh." They'll fr- yeah, they'll forgive you for being fat if they don't think you're lazy and overeating. If they <laughs> yeah, think it's just because your glands aren't working properly. Yeah, you're working out four hours a day if these <laughs> glands will help you out. So, uh, so anyway, this kid hits – and Brady's even telling the infield, take your time, infield, take your time, because he saw the kid. And so the kid hits a two-hopper to Brady. Brady's one real issue at shortstop is his throws, because he, he has a nice arm, but sometimes he'll throw it away. So he, he pats his glove three times and lobs it to first base. <laughs> he gets the ball there. He beats this kid by half a step. The whole dugout, his whole dugout is going, what are you doing? Scream! I'm screaming at him. Like, Brady, throw the ball. And he lobs a lollipop and gets the kid out by half. So the point being, Brady didn't execute it well. He should have just taken a normal throw, taking his time, not lollipop it. He, it almost looked like he was making fun of the kid, and he really wasn't because he barely got him. But why does Brady, my 12-year-old son, understand who's running to first more than your shortstop who's been there for three years? He has to know that Elko has a torn ACL. It's he crazy. has to know it. Every, he popped up like he thought Carl Lewis was coming down I the line. Know. It was crazy. I was like, what are you doing? It's he not stood the straight up. He stood straight up, leaned back, fired it. Like he was going to tear – uh, he's going to need Tommy John after that. I mean, what the hell was that throw? That was crazy. And yeah. it's just, it's so emblematic of, of that team. It just is. And it's, it's a shame. It's a shame. I'm not saying those aren't good kids. I'm not well, saying me can't coach. I'm saying that team was not enjoyable to watch. What's going to be interesting to see, I mean, there's a bunch of those guys that, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens this offseason. Um, because, you know, Nander is a perfect example. I mean, the guy came in three years ago as one of the top players in the country. And, What's what's he do now? Like, I mean, I can't imagine. Yeah, the draft's do. only twenty rounds, right? Isn't it? In the twenty rounds this yeah, year, usually sure for did. folks that don't know, yeah. it's forty. Last year it was five, which is why everybody in the country has all these pitchers. Uh, it was five rounds. Now it's going to be twenty rounds, which means 
I mean, I can't imagine Nanders getting drafted. Reese so, Albert, I assume, is available if he's healthy, if he's not a medical DQ. What are you going to do with these guys? That's what I'm saying. It's just it's a weird, you know, so you got some guys who are going to come back for your fourth year after this past season, and guys hitting 200. Um, it's just a, it's a weird situation. And, and you know, I know he's – look, I mean, the, when you look at the state of the program, and I, and I, I think there's, there's fair criticisms about the roster. Um, part of it, on the one hand, I hear people say, well, Meat's got to get his own players. And on the other hand of it, you know, Meat was the recruiting guy for, yeah. for, for his dad. Now, on, on the other side of that, though, his dad was not on the road recruiting. So they were kind yeah. of recruiting with one him tied behind their back. So they were not a full staff. So even if they identified the right guys, whether or not they could get them. Um, so, you know, we'll see what the roster looks like next year. They, they went out and got a bunch of these pitchers. We didn't see a whole lot from, you know, what everybody thought Carson Montgomery was going to be. didn't really materialize. Um, it's just a... Uh, he will, though. I think he could be like the Luke Weaver. Remember Luke Weaver wasn't any good as a freshman? Like, he, they yeah. tried to use yeah. him. He didn't. Yeah. He wasn't much. They, I don't even think they pitched him in Omaha until they were down 12 runs in that one game. If Luke Weaver had become that Luke Weaver in 2012, they might have won that national championship. But I think, I think Carson Montgomery could be that guy. But they, they do have a lot of questions. And I do wonder... You, you got to figure out the what's going on with the offense. I mean, it's just like I looked it up. So they struck out 599 times this year in 55 games. I mean, you could do the math. That's 11 times so, a game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They also struck out 620 guys. So you had 1,200, what is that, 1,126 strikeouts they had this season in their 55 games. That's 20 strikeouts a game from their pitchers and their it's hitters. impossible it's, to watch. It's really hard to watch, man. It just is. It just makes me depressed because not only – well, first of all, those statistics make me depressed. But also, when I see these atmospheres all over the country, when I see what it's like at Ole Miss, when I see what it's like – well, obviously what it's been like for a long time at LSU. But I don't know if you guys <clears throat> were watching <clears throat> in Knoxville the, the Grand Slam night for Tennessee, but that place, that was like the most raucous, fun place to watch a game I've ever seen. And yeah. I do that routinely these days. I'm forever flipping around going – that atmosphere is better. That atmosphere is better. That atmosphere is better. I also do this. That stadium's better. That stadium's better. That stadium's better. Man, I, I used to go and do homework out in the bleachers in the early 90s um, and watch Florida State baseball games. I'd walk from class to go over and, and watch midweek games. And I remember thinking, how cool is it that Dick Hauser Stadium is this jewel of a college baseball uh, landscape that this 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 envy of of college baseball like th- most schools that I visited and and I love visiting college campuses whenever I'm traveling uh, I would go and look at college baseball stadiums and I'd think man these these poor people these are like this is like a your your you know Muni this is like a little city yeah. park bench thing and they don't even have a real stadium like we do and now all I do is look around and see everybody's stadium is better than ours. And the atmosphere is ten times better than ours. And I think, well, mm. yeah, well said. <laughs> I mean, Especially I mean, really, that in in Bart. The the, the it the, I mean, what do you do? I mean, it almost it feels like again from the from a standpoint of the program as a whole that you know you, the questions are what's the commitment to the program? What can Florida State do in terms of the infrastructure and things like that? And you've been calling for a new Hauser for oh. 10 years now. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't seem like that's anywhere in the, in the front frame of rel- uh, 
reality. Mm-hmm. Um, so that doesn't seem to be happening anytime soon. You know, maybe there could be improvements done to that. It doesn't seem to be high on the agenda for anybody. You look at the, the quality of the play and the fan engagement. It's just, and, and to your point, I mean, I remember coming here in the 90s and just being like your your jaw would drop open. You got Mongo doing the Knowles cheer. Oh, it was awesome. I mean, it was it was insane. I mean, it was such a great environment. It's got to be, it's got to suck for me because he was here for all that. I mean, his, he nobody's put more into that program than him and his old man. It is and, not like Florida State's fallen off a cliff into a, like they were just in Omaha Two years ago, yes. You know yes. what I mean. Like it's not usually when you see this kind of uh, uh, wane in attendance or wane in, in fandom, it's because well, it's because what the Florida State football team has done. But relative to what it's always been, the Florida State baseball team is at least in the ballpark. It's still competing. It's still going to regionals. It's still a top twenty program. It's not a top five program, but it's a top twenty program, and it finished sixth in the country two years ago. And now, but it, you would think. That they're the team that's that's three and six or whatever that equates would, to in baseball. I would say this though, one thing, and we were talking about the questions. There's a lot of questions that we're gonna figure out about this roster going into the next season. But there what could be interesting though, is if O'Sullivan if Sullivan does go to LSU, if that happens, Miami seems to be in rocky shape with Damari. That's things are not that seem to be going very well down there. And then now all of a sudden the work meet. And that staff had done in recruiting, and they've done a tremendous job in recruiting the last two two years, two or three years. You could be in a situation where they they become the dominant team in the state in terms of talent. I yeah. mean, that, that's a realistic possibility. And if it happens, well, yeah, and maybe, we should maybe say flips. And he, they do have like a top eight or six recruiting class coming in, and they're on board with a lot of dudes. You never know because yeah. the draft, the dudes next year too. Like they are busting in and yeah. recruiting. You just hope you is, get some kids that can hit. Get some kids well, that could put the ball in play. I was just about to say, those kids that were out there swinging and missing left and right were also highly recruited and well thought of and part of a good recruiting class. So, you know, I mean, you just got done mentioning it, Ira. Nander was as well thought of as anybody coming in here, and he's out here hitting 180 and can't hey, pick up the baseball. Quit, it doesn't mean these next kids are going to be Nander, Jeff. They're not all <laughs> Nanders. Come on. We'll come back and wrap up the hour in a moment. Seminal Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio continues. Seminal Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminal Headlines returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. One last thing about college baseball, and then we'll move on and talk a little football, and then obviously next hour get into the headliner questions. I've got them pulled up here, but you, you alluded to something, Ira, there at the end of the last segment that caught my attention, and we've heard whispers, but what in the hell is going on down in Gainesville? I know this is some of the headlines, but they lost 19-1. to 1. I don't know that that's ever happened before for a team hosting a regional, and they didn't really look interested in playing there. They didn't look like they cared to be there. They didn't even play well against USF, by the way. They didn't, they, that was weird. They're, they're two – what are they, three years, four years removed from winning a national championship under O'Sullivan, and this guy's talking about going to LSU? Like, if I were – I'm just thinking about it like objectively removing the schadenfreude that we schadenfreude that we all had watching Florida take that ass kicking and just thinking to myself, they just built a new stadium. That guy's won a national championship and recruits like stacks of pitchers that he promotes to the major leagues. And all of a sudden they don't want to play. They get blown out of a home regional and that guy's going to leave the program. What the hell? Well, no, you're right about the, 
questioning where, where the program is because I, that's how they were all season. They had some, they had some ugly losses during the course of the season. Weren't they number one in the country to start the year? I think they were. Yes. I think they might have been yes. number one. Yes. Yeah, yes. And um, so, uh, but yeah, I th- to me, I think that because I thought the same thing. I, I was asking people the same thing. How if you just built a stadium, what more could you want? Well, I think the reality is we talked about the apathy here. The apathy of Florida is way worse. I mean, Florida doesn't get crowds for anybody in baseball unless it's Florida State. Maybe Miami. The Florida fan base does not care about baseball. It just really doesn't, except maybe in the postseason. And so if you're a guy who you feel like you've built this program over the last 15 years, however long he's been there, into arguably um, you know, one of the, one top, of the best four or five yeah, in the country. Yeah, yes. in the country. And, and, and there's no interest. There's no buzz. There's no – it just it's, – it, it's dead there. That, that environment is not very good. The fan base doesn't really care about it. The students don't really care about it. You don't have any section, animals in Section B or anything like that. And I think you look at an LSU and you say, okay, they're going to pay me more. I'll own that state. And they care? They're going to get 10,000 people at games? I could see that being appealing. Well, no, I get that. LSU is the preeminent program in it, when it comes to passion, championships, pedigree, all of that. And we've, we've all been in that stadium before. It's awesome. It's a great place. I get that. Def- you know, without question, definitively, LSU is a better baseball program on the whole than Florida is. But it's weird to me that you could win a national championship a few years ago, have a brand new stadium, be making really good money, have great job security, and then decide to just kick it on down the road and roll on over to an in-conference rival. I, I just think Florida's got to be kind of stunned. And also it makes me think, what the hell's going on off the field there? I, I don't know, man. That, the, that You would even think about walking away from a championship caliber program is just weird to me. I know it's LSU. It's just still something, something doesn't sit right. Well, the football play, a football coach just did that here a few years ago. Went from a national championship program to Texas A&M. Um, so, you yes. know, th- th- things are working behind the scenes that you don't like, and you're also getting offered more money. Uh, but yeah, no, his, no, team, yeah. his team never lost 19 to 1. Jimbo's team, I mean, I know that oh, 35 they, to 3 lost, was close well, in the 63 the, to uh, Louisville game. Yeah, 63 <laughs> to 21. I don't think that's even equivalent to 19 to 1 in baseball. I mean, that's like losing 100 to 3, <laughs> especially in a, like in a game. I mean, your life, you put your seasons on the line. And you and you just like ah, it's fine. We'll we'll get them next year. It seems their indifference uh, in the fan base, Ira, carried over to the players on the field uh, as well. Yeah, they, they're ready they to get to the Cape. Different. Yeah, yeah, they're all ready to get to the Cape, man. They don't. They're yep. tired of Gainesville. Yeah, it looked yeah. like it looked like O'Sullivan was trying to get run, and the umpire wouldn't do it. He was just I like, know. no, oh, you, you sit hang watch out this. here too. Yeah. You wear this. <laughs> you sit here and wear this. Yeah, that is fantastic. Uh, it's, it's it's just but, weird. But don't you think though that that the landscape could be really interesting because yeah. Florida, Florida baseball was not a juggernaut before O'Sullivan. No, no, no not at all. No. So, you know, you make the wrong hire there or it just takes a little while for it to get going there and what meat and this staff has done in recruiting. Cause that's the one thing, you know, and you, you kind of, you're fair to say it. I'm sure a lot of fans are saying it when they listen to us talk. Yeah. We've heard great recruits. Great. Well, you know, what does it mean? But it, that is, I mean, that is something that they put in a ton of time and effort on. They've built those relationships. They've got guys in the staff that have done a great job with that. And now you could really, especially if Miami, you know, I don't know what's going to happen there. Um, you know, you could really take hold. That's in, 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 in this state, that's generally what happens. A state, when, when one team starts to falter, 
that's when somebody else takes over. Well, and not to bring up Jimbo, but in that exactly, Jimbo took over right. Florida State when those two programs were in flux and not good and down. And Florida's not down. They were, I mean, they they still were a national. They were a top 16 seed. But if their coach is gone, you have all that question and then meets there to pick up the pieces, just like Jimbo well, was with the Jernigan and, and people and, like that and, when Urban quit. And you you can make the case that, you know, Leonard's really taking things to another level when Donovan left. Yeah. Yeah. Really quick, I just want to say this because we all three know how competitive Mike Martin Jr. is and how much he wants to win. Like, he wants to win big time. He is a red ass in a good way when it comes to being tough and competitive nature and work ethic. It's got to kill him. I haven't had a chance to talk to him yet. I, I, I'm sure I will, but I want him to cool down before I reach out. Uh, it's got to kill him to watch that offense. There's just, I mean, listen, I get it. Modern baseball, all of that, but he has to be scratching his head. Like what did, what, what, where's the disconnect? What happened that we went from, you know, look, we strike out a lot. We, we understand that we're going to hit some home runs, but to just guys in your lineup at a, it's Florida state, man. I'm sitting there looking at all these rosters and I'm looking at Southern Miss and I'm looking, I'm like, what the hell? Why is their roster better than ours? Yeah. Why, are, why is this team hitting better than us across the board? Every every team I looked at, it's just strange. And, and it has to be mystifying to me as well. There's no, like you said it earlier, if he knew the answers, he would have fixed it. But, it, I mean, you do have to look in the mirror at this point and say, what happened? By the way, can you imagine if that Southern Miss pitcher had been on the mound when Nander made that <laughs> error? The one that screamed down his right fielder yes, after man, giving up two home runs like it was his yeah. fault that the, both balls went over the fence? He would he have does he go cleat first, spikes first in the Nander's chest, does a flying leg kick? Does he tackle well, I, him? You know, it's funny because I thought the same thing and, and that guy was classless and, and yeah, I mean your right fielder does need to make the catch on a routine pop up, but you can't scream him down after home runs. But also, <laughs> I mean, nobody feels worse about it than the player. Just like right. I'm sure Nander felt terrible. And I know the right thing to do is to do what you saw Florida State's players do, which is rally yeah, around. Dave, him, Davis yeah. Hare, Davis yeah. Hare smacked him on the butt with his glove. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, and that I Southern Miss that. pitcher would have tripped him and but then power drive him. Yeah, I got to tell and you. And I know uh, Jeff Cameron would have too. Well, I was just about to say, I might have slapped him on the butt on the field. That might have been a problem in the dugout, though, once we got there. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, like, because of how dumb. The yeah. air was. It was the middle air. It wasn't a fit. Like if he had taken his time and just thrown it, it's like, okay, well, that's just what happens. But it was, it was as if, like you said, Ben Johnson all roided up <laughs> the 88 Usain Bolt is, is flying down the line. And the transition was like, it was, he barely had it in his glove to get rid of it in time. I mean, the guy's <laughs> hobbling down on one leg. It's like, it's like, it would Ichiro be like, who was the, out the box on the left side, man? I was like, it's not Ichiro. It's not. Imagine in that moment, instead of instead of Kirk Gibson hitting a bomb to right field, he hits a ground ball to Walt Weiss, and Walt Weiss flings it like Ricky Henderson's running at first. Ridiculous. Well, we know if Kirk Gibson hit a ground ball to Nander, the sadist, what would happen? He'd pounce up, stand straight up, and throw it in the stands. Good God, that was painful. Uh, let's get the headliner questions. We'll do it next. Stay tuned. Seminal Headlines will take a breather. More next.